We all have questions. Questions about faith, relationships, beliefs, politics, social issues, our planet, and God. Where do you go when you're done with cliches and starving for the conversation to ascend? What do you do when you're struggling to find connection within your community, within your church? Join us, Lauren, Danielle, and Jason, to connect, discuss relevant topics, and try to navigate living in the tension of everyday life as Jesus followers. This is The Outsiders Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Outsiders Podcast. I'm Lauren, and I'm here in our Zoom studio with my co-hosts, Danielle and Jason. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I uh, finished my semester that I was working on yesterday, so now I have a little bit of a break, which is super exciting to be making progress. Also, can't believe that this year is basically over. I mean, thank goodness that 2020 is basically over, but I truly cannot believe that we are here in December. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. (laughs) That's so true. I I mean, that was a really quick year, and a whole lot happened that I'm sure we'll talk about. Like in the, the slowest the next few minutes. Fast year ever. Yeah, right. that, I that's like exactly a, a, correct. Like I lost a decade of my life right. going through 2020. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's uh, good. We're having a. I'm having a good week. Thanks for asking, Lauren. <laughs> um, we're, I'm actually uh, teaching my children how to ski, which is kind of awful and awesome at the same time. So, so uh, but so far, no broken bones and, uh, and and they love, they love skiing. So it's great. How does one do that with no snow? Fake snow. This week, uh, I am not in the Midwest. I am in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it is gorgeous and uh, visiting some family. Uh, last week, we, the whole family went and got COVID tested and everyone's negative. So, um, yeah. That's why we're, we're having a good time. And the kids wanted to learn how to ski, so we're doing it. Oh, that's so awesome. That is awesome. Skiing is the best. Well, I actually don't ski. I'm just helping them. <laughs> I, I, I snowboard alongside them, which is well, quite a sight. Well, snowboarding is yeah, the best. Yeah, you're snowboarding. Whether it's yeah, ski yeah. or snowboard, it's just, it's good time. Yep. Anyways, though. <laughs> I'm also doing well to answer my own question. I am hanging out by the pool in the desert in Arizona. Uh, Let's go! Spending some time with, with the rents. I've been here for, for a little bit. So quarantining with sunshine, it is a good time. That's so good. Lauren's parents, I'm just going to say hi. Thank you for allowing your daughter to be friends with us because she's pretty awesome. I will relay the message to them and give them- Wait, wait, wait. They don't listen regularly? Oh. They do, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking to them. Parents, gotta love them. All right. So in last week's episode, we looked back on traditions and celebrations surrounding the holidays. And now that Christmas is over, we're looking toward a new year. 2020 was something, wasn't it? Uh, Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, it was nothing like anyone expected it to be. And there's been a lot that's taken place over the last 12 months. And we wanted to do kind of a year-end review um, and, uh, for this episode, and we could take the time to highlight everything that happened in 2020, but we don't want this episode to be like 10 hours long. 
Um, so mm-hmm. we're just going to briefly talk about a couple major events um, that happened this year, our biggest takeaways from this year, and what we're looking forward to in 2021. So what were some of the monumental things that happened in 2020? Uh, we Basically, from like January 1, we saw the world fall apart. I think World War III was like trending on Twitter very closely to the start of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. So we just saw the world fall apart and saw how extremely divided um, we are, specifically regarding COVID-19, social unrest, and uh, the presidential election in the United States. Yeah, I I don't think we need to remind the world just how difficult all of these things have been. Like, it has truly been crazy. And I think if you do take a second to stop and reflect on this year, it's kind of unreal to think about everything Mm -hmm. that we've been going through. Um, But in regards to, you know, COVID-19 and the social unrest and the election, as much as it has truly been exhausting and frustrating and saddening and all that to watch, there has been a small glimmer of light in watching a lot of people really step up and choose to take meaningful action this year. Um, And I think it would be really easy for us to focus only on the bad from this year. And I think it's Mm -hmm. important that we kind of highlight that good as well. I mean, we had a global pandemic, which nobody expected or saw coming or were prepared for. And this was monumental, not just for us, but for multiple generations. Like, this isn't something that many people have been through ever in their life. Um, Right. And so a lot of people could relate on this one thing. And you may or may not know this, but 2020 was actually deemed the year of the nurse for a couple of reasons. First, it's the 200th anniversary of Florence Nightingale's birth. And she's considered, like, the founder or pioneer of modern nursing, And it's also approximately 150 years after she said, it will take 150 years for the world to see the kind of nursing I envision. So I think the irony is so perfect and appropriate because Mm -hmm. this year ended up being less about celebrating nurses and the progress within our profession and, you know, everything great that nurses are and more about watching them and so many other healthcare heroes step up and answer the call to show up every single day in less than ideal circumstances and do exactly what nurses do on a daily basis, you know, Mm. regardless of what's happening around them at any time. And I personally am so proud to call myself a nurse this year in the Mm -hmm. year of the nurse in the chaos of 2020. Let's go. Although it's been super scary and not what I or so many people realized we were in for when we signed up to be nurses, we showed up and it gives me hope to see that people have shown up and stepped up in that regard this year. Absolutely. I think we should just like all give a round of applause for all of our healthcare workers. You guys are the heroes. And thank you, Danielle, for being a hero, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a nurse, but I totally appreciate everything you just said. I also think like 2020 has been a year of you know, kind of along the lines of what you were just talking about, just complete staggering global... Like sickness and death. And really, like you were saying, one that no one could have predicted. And it just, it does seem crazy that the World Health Organization announced this thing called the deadly coronavirus. Like, do you realize that was on January 9? And now today, according to one source I was looking at uh, just earlier today, there are approximately 73 million cases um, throughout the world, 
with over 41 million recoveries. We should just let that sink in for a second. Uh, like, that's amazing. Um, however, there have been approximately uh, 1.62 million deaths. And so through it all, uh, I really think 2020 has been a year of, honestly, like resistance and resilience and persistence. I mean, this is good um, to go from announcing in, you know, very early in the year in January to 11 months later having a vaccine. That's really pretty incredible. And, and I'm just really inspired by the human spirit of this year through families and communities and individuals. You know, I think for the most part, people really tried, and again, for the most part, really tried to do their part. And, and I don't know, I, I, I think that's, I'm inspired by that. So COVID-19 has happened, like it's still here. Um, but another huge monumental thing that happened this year was the social unrest. And after the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor, we saw thousands of people, even all over the world, um, taking to the streets to protest these unjust murders and demand change for Black people in America. Um, their murders brought up conversations about policing and the systematic racism that Black and brown people still face in our country. And um, there were lots of calls for even policy changes. Um, regarding this, it's been just really heavy, um, you know, just kind of being a Black woman in, in this state of unrest um, I'm super thankful that we were able to uh, talk about this in, in our episodes two and three of our, of our pod podcast this year. Um, but it, it also changed a lot for me. And though there's still so much that needs to change in our country regarding racism, I think that we've been able to see some change come from the protests and come from, you know, the way that kind of what the, um, What's the word I'm looking for? The outcry, the just result. The voices. Of, yeah, all of this happening. And so that yeah. was something to me, like as as heavy and unfortunate and unfair that this is, like we were able to see change. And I think that there is just kind of a um, higher priority for a larger amount of people to speak out on on these things and demand change and um, to not kind of have our heads in the sand to be like, yeah, we racism doesn't exist whenever like it clearly still does. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, like I said about COVID, about all the social issues in the world too, a lot of people stepped up and decided that enough was enough and that they were going to stand up and use their voices to do something about it. And, you know, like you said, there's still so much change and progress that needs to happen in our country and in the world, but it is hopeful to see that there are people who want to be a part of this and to face the challenges and the issues um, that we see every day. So I, I think that that's something that can bring us at least a little bit of hope in this crazy, crazy season. Right. You know, someone said to me the other day that this was the year 2020 of social and racial injustice. And I honestly had to just look at them and 100% disagree. Like, I really don't think that's true. This wasn't the year of social and racial injustice. This was the year enough of it was captured and recorded and communicated. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm as awful of the, as these things are, 
I'm thankful that enough people or more people, I should say, have their eyes open and are understanding, you know, what what many of our brothers and sisters are experiencing. So like you said, we definitely have a long way to go. But I'm hopeful for humanity to move forward together that for long overdue equality and that honestly, we're galvanized through unity and, and, and not division. And so I'm, I'm pumped for a culture willing to champion one another. Yeah, I think another thing in talking about that, I, I kind of disagree that it was captured and recorded and, and communicated more. I think it's been happening for a long time, like with social media, but I think because so much of us, and we talked about this before, have been kind of quarantined to our homes and, you know, just, I think we all were able to take a step back and realize that there was more happening than, than maybe what we were aware of because we didn't have all of the distractions or just, you know, being in the daily living of how we usually do life without a pandemic to kind of help us focus a little bit more on it and, and be able to, you know, take time off of work to go protest Mm. or, you know, fill out a a form or whatever that thing is. So I I do agree in a sense that, you know, it is even more so being recorded and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. But I do think because of us being in this pandemic that it just shone a brighter light and Mm. there was a little bit more that people could do or chose to do um, because we were all kind of sitting at home like, wait, this is still happening. There are people that are you know, still facing Mm -hmm. these injustices. Mm -hmm. So the other monumental thing that happened this year was we had another presidential election um, and it was a historical one. So, um, you know, like I've been over talking about the election even before it happened. (laughs) Um, That's so true. (laughs) But I think it was just another thing that showed how divided our country really was or is. Um, but there was a lot of firsts that came out of this election. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we tend to focus on the presidential election and not necessarily like, you know, voting, um, members to Congress and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but out of this election, so Biden ended up being the winner. And, um, so he's our president elect. He received the highest number of votes for a presidential candidate ever. And Trump, who is our current president, received the highest number of votes for a losing candidate. And I think just just speaks to the amount of people that, you know, got out there and voted and and was able to, you know, lend their voice to to our country, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I had I mean, I myself, this was my first U.S. election that I voted in, mainly because I'm Canadian. But, you know, choosing to do that as someone who lives here and had the opportunity to do that, that was a really huge thing for me. And I had conversations or saw people post about it so many times that were saying, you know, lived here my whole life. This was my first time I voted. So I think that you nailed that on the head that so many people decided that this was the year that they were going to choose to do something. Yes, which I, again, I just think it's so easy to focus on the negative things that have happened this year, but there's so many silver linings that, that come out of it. So Mm -hmm. the other like first that I really want to highlight about this election was the number of firsts that were elected to Congress. I'm just going to start 
listing off of these. So we have the youngest person in modern history that was elected to Congress. We had black gay men. We have um, an open transgender woman, a black woman in Missouri, a female senator in Wyoming, a Korean American woman, a Republican Native American woman, a non-binary in Oklahoma, an Asian American man in Pennsylvania, an openly queer black woman in Florida, as well as a female mayor in Miami-Dade County, And also, New Mexico's entire House delegation is made up of women of color. Um, Oregon became the first state to decriminalize small quantities of illegal drugs. California voted to restore the right to vote to more than 50,000 parolees. And Mississippi voted to end a Jim Crow-era electoral college-like system that was designed to dilute the black vote in the state. And they also voted to change the state flag to no longer include a racist and Confederate emblem. So our government officials are becoming more diverse, um, which I think only helps Mm -hmm. benefit our country in the long run because there's more representation, there's more equity, and there's the ability for more change to happen. So as divisive as, you know, this election was, I think that there was still a lot of huge wins that came out of it. Um, I was really cool to, you know, in doing research of like, wow, there are these things that I didn't even know. Um, And I think then this just opens the door for more people to want to get into, um, you know, these careers and see that there are other people that look like them and that have the same values and all that sort of stuff, um, which, again, is just a huge win for our country. Yeah, for sure. And I would say that through all of the darkness of 2020 in all the different areas, not just in our country, but I would say throughout the world even, there have been still a number of wins. Um, really good things have have happened. And I think we need to create space to celebrate and to champion uh, some of those wins. But that's all great, right, for the public and, you know, absolutely. But I'm just wondering, like, for you guys, what what's like a win or, you know, maybe one or two that happened to you personally this year? So I have two off the top of my head. Um, I turned 30 this year, which was Woo-hoo! awesome. I had so many hopes and dreams for what year 30 was going to entail. I don't know, um, but when you said, I don't know why, but when you said I turned 30, I was about to start singing Taylor Swift's 22. And I was like, <laughs> that literally does not make sense at all. I just needed you to know that that's where my brain went. Math is hard. <laughs> um, but I got to, I wanted to do something big. I don't really, I think I mentioned this last episode. I don't really like my birthday because of the, like where it lies. Everyone's kind of over like being around people and celebrating and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of was like, well, I don't care. I'm turning 30. You need to do something big. So had an awesome celebration, uh, with my friends here in, in Dayton. We, um, had an experience. It was literally an experience for dinner, like five course meal. It was awesome. It was so delicious. Um, but it's really fun to just, you know, get to spend time with people around the table and realizing like, wow, that's so easy to take for granted now that you can, you know, look back on, on what our year was. Um, and then I did a big trip out to Palm Springs with a really good friend of mine and my sister-in-law. We all have birthdays in January and all feel the same way about having January birthdays. So it's really cool to just spend time with, with people and, and, and celebrate that way. Um, 
But the other huge win that I had this year, um, so every year my mom, um, who is fighting Parkinson's disease, um, plans a trip with friends and family to go out to Colorado. Um, we raise money and we climb uh, a 14,000 foot mountain, what, what we call a 14er or two. And this year we climbed two. Um, it was 25 miles round trip, which is a lot. And mm-hmm. um, the first one that we climbed was Mount Massive and literally is massive. Um, it's, it's the second highest mountain in Colorado. And um, it was just such a cool experience to get to. Usually my mom, she's such a badass when it comes to this sort of stuff. Like she gets up the mountain before anyone in my family does. Um, but this time around, I was able to actually, um, summit with her. And so it was like a really special moment that, that we had at the top. Um, and then like a couple days later, we climbed another mountain and, um, I summited Mount Huron by myself. Um, there were a couple others that were in our group that, that did it. It wasn't our full group that, that climbed because everyone's kind of spent from climbing <laughs> the first mountain. Um, but I did it by myself and it was literally one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Um, I was like, as I'm climbing up the mountain, which this is just such a beautiful moment. I'm literally like saying out loud, I can do hard things as I'm putting one foot in front of the other. And, um, Mm. it was just such a a special moment and just such a sense of accomplishment of doing something by myself. I've never, you know, had this on my list of like things that I would, I would call myself a a hiker or, you know, mountaineer or, or whatever, but like to be able to accomplish something like this and know that it meant something to represent our family and to raise money for my mom and for other people who, um, are fighting Parkinson's. It was just like such a cool moment. So those are the two big things for me that, that happened this year. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. You're a rock star. Thanks. Um, I'm trying to think, I think for me, the only really notable win, I feel like this wasn't a super eventful year for me, but the only really notable a win for me has been making some progress through grad school. I just finished semester four out of 10, uh, which, I mean, I keep telling myself one more semester and I'm halfway, but it feels like a huge yeah, that's accomplishment. Huge. I mean, totally. I'm still oh, working full-time as a nurse during COVID, mind you. So it's been extra stressful and just weird. So I'm proud of myself for also being able to be in a full-time doctoral program and not completely lose my mind. I've definitely partially lost my mind, um, especially when we thought adding a puppy to the mix was a good idea. But no, I think uh, being able to just stick to my guns and and make progress towards this dream of mine of getting my my doctoral degree has been a huge win for me. And obviously starting this podcast is something that I think we would all consider a win for this year. 100%. Yeah, it's been so fun. And yeah, Danielle, no. like, oh, doing, sorry, go ahead, but. I was going to say doing work and, you know, a grad program, both full time. I've done that. I would not recommend it. Like I wouldn't want to do it again. So I definitely commend you for, um, you know, the work that you do in your job as well as for your, your future in, in grad school. And then also like showing up and doing our podcast because that's a lot of work too. So you're awesome. I sleep very well at night because I'm exhausted, <laughs> but thank you. 
Yeah, no, dude, I'm honestly, compared to both of you, I feel like a complete loser. It's like, man, what am I doing with my life? Uh, I'm totally jealous, secretly jealous of both of you. I also was working full-time while in grad school, but it was only master's level. And I secretly really want my doctorate. So I think, or not so secretly, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I think you're great. And uh, so so good work. Um, I would say this year has... <laughs> I think because there hasn't been, you know, as far as for myself and my family traveling and, and all the stuff that we normally do, it's almost forced me to self-reflect and be perhaps more honest with myself than I think I've ever been. Um, mm-hmm. I turned 40 this year, which Let's go. really made me think. Because uh, like my wife was like, you know, you're middle-aged, right? Like, what? <laughs> not middle-aged. Like, when I think of middle-aged, I think... Uh, well, fifty. you can just kind of imagine what I think. But I'm like, there's no way I'm middle-aged. But then I start doing the math. I'm like, huh, 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 carry the one. Oh, snap. I'm like halfway through this thing. And so I really found myself asking myself some real questions and then having just a space of, of deep honesty. Like, am I really making a difference in the world? Like, Really? Or, or even in people's world or in someone's world. Am I truly discerning the difference? I, I really wrestle with this a lot, to be honest. Am I truly discerning the difference between the important and the urgent? It's like, mm, maybe I'm just spending a whole lot of time and energy focusing on urgent, but it's not really that important. And, and then, you know, honestly, am I really the best husband that I could be? Am I the best daddy that I could possibly be? And so for me, it's sort of been... A year to reflect and revision and restart my priorities. And, and a part of that, honestly, which I'm super pumped about, has been to transition from youth ministry, which I've loved for 16 years, to collegiate and young adult ministry. And that's also a win for us because mm-hmm. you're our pastor now. So definitely <laughs> something go. we consider a win. So we've talked a little bit about what's been going on in 2020. And, um, you know, what has been our wins, the things that we've accomplished, but what are your biggest takeaways from this year? You know, what have you learned? What are you going to be taking with you as we exit the crazy year that was 2020? Oh, this is such a good question. I think over the last couple of years, I've really been convicted of being clear, um, what I'm for and what I'm Mm. against. And... 2020 has really taught me to be even more clear about those things, especially if they're uncomfortable to talk about, Um, which is one of the reasons why it was such an easy decision um, to create this podcast, Jason, whenever you pitched Danielle and I the idea. Um, So I think that was like back in August, September, I think it's. it's, Yeah. And, and that was, it had kind of come to a point for me where I'm like, you know, I write, I have these conversations with friends, but maybe there's another way that we can have uncomfortable conversations where you can talk about things that, you know, need to be talked about. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've just kind of reconciled with myself, like I'm done being a silent about what's happening in our world and in our lives mm-hmm. and in our church, um, mm. you know, like no longer am I curating my social media to just, you know, always talk about positive things or whatnot. Like when I see things that need to be shared and that 
people I think should know about, like I'm sharing that sort of stuff. I'm bringing mm-hmm. up conversations with people because I, I want them to think, I want them to know what is happening in maybe not in their circle because, you know, it's easy to live in bubbles. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that young adults are really looking for hope and, one of the ways to have hope is talking about what's really going on and creating light in the darkness. Dude, I'd love that so much. You don't even know because I've heard people say that the opposite of love is hate, but I disagree. I actually think the opposite of love is indifference. Mm -hmm. Like where you see people around you who clearly are broken or in situations who clearly are broken, they are, you know, they are not living their best selves like in that moment or experiencing, you know, joy and peace and whatever. And, and you just kind of don't care. Like that is the opposite of love. And, and so, you know, without preaching a sermon, I could go on about this, but I really feel like this is the call of living a life with Jesus. You, You know, in the scriptures, in Genesis, when it talks about how God created us, it clearly says it's the word is plural for God. Like there's a plurality to God. So in other words, God himself is community and he goes to create humans and he starts with a man, but of course he couldn't be done because man cannot be community on his own, right? He had to create a woman to better reflect his image. And I really feel just like the call of any Jesus follower is to take a look around and see like, okay, how can I make a difference in someone's life so that they can better reflect the image of God? And we do that through community, through helping each other be complete, by helping each other be holo- uh, shalom, uh, ho- feel wholeness and perfection. And um, yeah, so I think that's great. I think it's really interesting that Lauren said that because we've talked about this before. And, you know, she says that knowing what she is convicted of and being clear on that is one of the reasons why it was so easy to start this podcast. And for me, that's been one of the hardest things. Um, and it's not because I'm ashamed to to stand for stuff or anything, but I didn't realize until our first couple of episodes came out how scared I was of people knowing my true feelings. Because um, it's really hard. And I think it's important to note that it can be really hard. And I'm grateful that this podcast has kind of given me uh, necessary nudge to be clear on my stances because I do feel like that is a way for me to do my part in making change, um, both in my local community and in the world. And it may be small, but it's a step and it's a way to not be silent. And I think that that is um, definitely something that I didn't expect to take away from this, but but definitely will be. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good. I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, is is really kind of what I was alluding to earlier. It's just the power of people and community and just not take relationships. You know, Lauren, you were talking about this when you were celebrating your birthday. So many beautiful moments in life happens at a table, right? Mm-hmm. Around a table with people you love and you trust. And, you know, I, th- I really just think throughout this entire thing, man, we cannot take each other for granted. And a lot of times we talk about, oh, I can't wait to get back to normal yeah, honestly, normal for me wasn't such a good thing. I, I'm actually totally okay to never go back to normal. I, I never want to take people or space and opportunity or community or church or whatever just for granted. Um, so, you know, again, going back to Genesis, the first time God says in Scripture something isn't good was when man was alone, right? Of course, we were not created to be alone. So, 
yeah, to just not take relationships, even those relationships that are, you know, kind of on the fringe, or maybe you disagree, or you had that fight way back in the day. You know, right, to a certain level, you had some ownership in that. And I just have just been convicted to reestablish and to strengthen the human, uh, just human relationships in a safe space of trust and conversations without any sort of facade or barrier. Mm. Definitely. Um, I think for me, my biggest takeaway, and, and this might sound a little bit depressing, and I don't mean for it to, but 2020 was a reminder to me that you truly can't predict or expect really hope for anything in life. And I know that sounds terrible, but I don't mean it <laughs> as in like, we have no hope. I guess what I mean is um, it's been a good reminder to manage expectations, mm-hmm. not not in a way of saying, you know, don't expect or hope for anything in life, but understanding that sometimes you just have to be able to go with the flow and understand that even if life doesn't meet your expectations necessarily, it doesn't mean that it's going to be bad. Like, you know, last year, 2019, it was what I thought had been the worst also best, just craziest year of my life. I easily had my highest highs and my lowest lows, lost multiple grandparents, um, but also me and my siblings all got married. And I responded to a mass shooting, which was terrifying, but also got to buy my first house and started grad school, which was equally awful and exciting. I mean, and I could just go on. Like it was ridiculous. And so I was like, man, 2020 is going to be my year. (laughs) And we all know how that turned out. And I think it was really hard at the beginning being like, man, when am I going to catch a break? Like, I just want life to go right. And I think that this year has helped me to understand that it's possible to have just so much junk happening around you and still find some light. And for someone who's always struggled with change and wanting to be in control Um, that's a huge, huge takeaway. You know, even amidst disappointments and disasters and pandemics, somewhere in between all of that, it's possible to find the good. And I've had to work really hard this year on not focusing on the things that give me anxiety or the things that I might want to worry about. Um, And that's been freeing to discover the ability to find moments of peace and joy Mm. within the chaos. So I think all of that to say, I don't think that 2021 is going to be our year, guys. Like, And I don't think 2022 or 2035 is necessarily going to be our year where everything is just perfect and goes right. And I think that this year has helped me learn that that's okay and that we don't have to wait for it to be our year to find some joy and to seize life and make it what we want it to be, um, even if that's just in the spaces between the chaos, mm. if that makes any sense. No, it's good. Carpe diem. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, we talked about that um, in our in our somewhere in between series. You know, like there there is that living in between and and that gray. And I think that's really difficult sometimes. But to be able to acknowledge what's hard, but also look to what is joyful and what can, you know, bring happiness and that could differ from year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that with what all three of us have said of, you know, what our biggest takeaways have been, it just looks, it sounds like there's been a lot of learning, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and realizing and reflecting. And I'm really encouraged of like what we've all come to terms with the time that we've taken then 
taking that into 2021 and the future and, you know, how, how we live our lives that way. So what are you guys looking forward to or hoping for in 2021? I'm hoping for rest, (laughs) Um, (laughs) both for myself and just for the world. I think we all need a break of this endless stream of nonsense and crazy (laughs) Um, So I am hoping for a change in the better. I know I just said that I don't think that it's going to be our year, but I don't mean that in a negative way. And I I truly do hope that that next year is better and that we can just heal in all of the areas where people feel broken, whether it's mentally or emotionally or physically or, you know, I I know this year has been so discouraging. And so I think rest and healing um, and just a chance to show how resilient and strong we can be. Um, in the aftermath of this year. And I, I, know, I know that the world is going gonna, is gonna to be able to bounce back, at least in some respects. So I, I'm really hoping for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward to a new normal, like I was alluding to before. You know. So I hear all the time, dude, people are like, oh, I just want to go back to normal. Can't wait to go back to normal. And like, well... What does that even look like, right? Because, you know, as a pastor, I get to talk to a lot of people all the time. And and it seems to me like some of the things that a year ago, people were like begging God to take away. Now they're like begging God to give it back. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I really don't feel like we're going back to anything. And that's a good thing. Uh, I really feel like, you know, throughout the scriptures, faith always moves forward. So I'm Honestly, I'm looking forward to a new normal moving forward, a new normal for racial equality so that, you know, for myself as a white male, my normal is no longer someone else's goal. It's their normal, too. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to a new normal like for our church, right? I'm, I'm pumped for Ascent. Uh, we're going to start a weekly worship experience uh, in a brand new facility that I think is going to be amazing, uh, which is really going to help serve our community, the college that we have community and and the young adult community. So I'm excited to get that up and going. And kind of like what I was alluding to earlier, uh, a new normal for my family, my own family schedule. There were several times this last year and in previous years, I should say, where my kids, like I would come home you know, from work and my kids are still awake. They're not in bed yet. And they would look at me like, dad, what are you doing here? And it's just like, man, like my own children don't expect me to be home that much. Like, what am I doing? Right. And so I'm looking forward to, you know, a new normal of, for being a husband and a daddy and a pastor, Um, you know, and and how do we kind of, what we were talking about earlier, like, what can I do to help our community experience shalom completeness. I love that. I am hoping for something new. Um, They're just being honest. Like there's some parts of my life where I feel a little stuck. And so I think that there's some change for me on, on the horizons in those areas. Um, And there are small things that I've just come to discover about myself while spending a lot of time (laughs) in quarantine. Um, that is, you know, just like investing in myself and my future. So I'm anticipating, yeah, something new, um, in the new year. And I don't really know what it is, but I'm just looking forward to whatever that may be and being open to whatever that may be. I'm also looking forward to, uh, whatever we do with this podcast, shameless for us. 
for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for Yeah, exactly. We've been talking about our topics that we want to talk about. I think it's going to be great. Super exciting. So 2020 will definitely go down in the history books for every single one of us. Um, this year was difficult for so many people. And to be blunt, it sucked. Um, and I think it's important to say that. Um, but there has also been, you know, so much loss and, and we've all lost something this year. Um, and it breaks my heart because so much of that loss, you know, didn't actually have to happen. Um, and for some, there has been good things that have happened. I think it's also important to acknowledge that, um, this week, I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast, Dare to Lead, and she interviewed President Barack Obama. And in that episode, they talked about holding the tension of opposites and how that can make you a better leader, parent, friend, spouse, or, you know, you name it, employee. So when we set out to do this podcast, um, you know, what Brene and President Obama were talking about, like, really reminded me of of this concept. And we wanted to give a voice to those that don't always feel like they're heard or seen. And we want to talk about hard topics that aren't always talked about, whether on social media, over coffee, or at the dinner table, or from the pulpit. And sometimes I think um, that (laughs) it might seem like we're very critical of the church and what's happening in our world, but I look at it as holding the tension of bringing things out of the darkness into the light and sitting in some of that uncomfortableness. I think I just made up a word. Um, But learning what the next step forward to take a more fulfilling, more meaningful, and a more authentic life. So there's so much that has happened this year and it's really hard to keep track, but we hope that you have connected with the topics that we've covered in these first 10 episodes of our podcast. Um, We can't wait to bring you more topics like LGBTQIA+, relationships, mental health, and some other awesome stuff. So we also love hearing from you. Um, Let us know what you think about the episodes. We love getting emails and social media comments about, you know, different things that that we talk about in our episodes. Um, If you disagree with something you said, we said, let us know. Or if you want to dig deeper into a topic with us, um, you know, again, shoot us an email, reach reach out to us on social media. We honestly couldn't do this podcast without you guys. And so as we wrap up this year, we all want to give a huge thank you. Um, to you, our listeners, for being along this journey with us. And we can't wait to see what a new year will bring. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Alan Clark. Music throughout this episode is by Common Man Music. And a special thank you to Drew Holcomb and the neighbors. If you like what you've been hearing, tell your friends. If you like to connect with any of us, follow us on Instagram at We're the Outsiders Podcast. And have a happy new year. Happy new year.